this opportunity to speak before you. And I'm also thankful for so many prayers that I know that many of you offer our way every day. Thank you for stopping to consider us just to lift us up before the Lord so that we can continue to shine light into darkness, can continue to turn the lives of so many that are upside down, right side up. Thank you for so many prayers that you continue to offer and send our way. Thank you for so many gifts that so many of you have provided to our Highways and Byways Ministry donation location just outside here in the foyer. So, so many blankets, so many gloves, so many bottles of water, so many shirts, so so many socks, so many things, so many blessings. Thank you for them all. And I'm also thankful to our children, and especially Emily, who's not here this morning, for how that when we wanted just to adopt a theme for our ministry for last year, there a number of children, they took out a pencil and paper and they just drew a theme for us to follow that we're still using. There's always room for one more. I'm thankful to all of the children also that come alongside of us in this ministry effort also. And thank you. Those of you all that may be aware of some future plans for the ministry, some things that you may have heard towards expansion of the highways and byways ministry, all those plans are still true. They're on hold due to complications with the IRS or, 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 the, or just being withstood just like the angel of Persia we're being withstood, but we're going, but the goal is to expand this ministry to where we are more directly able to minister to anywhere in between 1,200 and 1,500 people every day that are living on the streets in Oklahoma City, and still there is room. There is always room in God's kingdom for one more. So the Bible says that the master of the house told the servant to go in, to go out and invite the poor. 
So we have to, so I want to stop for a moment and try to define the poor that Jesus is talking about here in Luke 14. I'm holding in my hand one of my favorite movies of all time, The Five People You Meet in Heaven. And the very last line, the very last quote of the movie says that the world is full of stories, but that the stories are all one. The world is full of stories, but the stories are all one. And the movie goes on to introduce the main character to five people that he met in heaven that he didn't know or didn't think that he would meet because each of them, each of the five people, played a pivotal role in his development through the life that he lived. I consider the words in this video with a text in 1 Samuel chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 20 and verse 3, and that text refers to the very passionate departure between David and Jonathan, and Jonathan said, Jonathan shared with David that there's only a step between me and death. One of the last words that Jonathan shared with David being pursued by his father Saul, Jonathan said that there's only a step between me and death. And what I received from that is that I know it is not because of any good thing that I've ever done that I am that God has chosen to bless me in the way that He has. I'm not more special than anyone because I have four walls and a roof, and I minister to people every week that don't have that. Right. It's because of the grace of God alone and his mercy on me that I'm even standing here before you today. I've not been so good to have the benefit of a college education, to work at a job that pays fairly well. None of these things are because of me. A lot of them are, all of them are in spite of me. It was only a step where I chose to go right when I could have gone left, or I chose to go left when I could have gone right, where I would not have had access to the multiple blessings that God blesses me with every day. When I was in school in Atlanta, Georgia, often I would walk from our college campus to where our church was located, which was about a mile and a half walk, 
making it in about 25 minutes, maybe 20. I mean, I was much younger then. <laughs> but adjacent to the college campus was a very large gay and lesbian and transgender community. So I had to walk that way to take, to take the shortest path to get to the church on Sunday and Wednesday. So occasionally a young, a young gentleman would come down from his porch and he would proposition me to come back up to his house so that we could get to know each other. And what I shared with him is that was that I cannot do that but I want you to know that God loves you and God has a plan for you. And that continued that whole semester to where sometimes he would approach me, sometimes he wouldn't, and then I lost track of him after I graduated. When Arlette and I married back in 91, we'll be 30 years married. Again, this is another blessing again that I do not deserve. Arlette and I will be married 30 years this, this coming May. There was a brother from Atlanta that came to our wedding. And he asked me if I remembered a fairly tall gentleman that I would pass by coming to church Sunday morning, and I told him that I did not remember. And Kenny told me that he remembered me. And he remembered how that I did not judge him, how that I did not criticize him, how that I did not talk down on him or try to dismantle his ego. He told me that this tall young man told me that God had a plan for me. And Kenny told me that he had a Bible class with him, and he's our brother in Christ now. I've not seen him since then, but I know that I will see him again. I know that I will see him again. And again, I'm reminded that the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short. We have all sinned and fallen short of what God expected of all of us. And God's grace is still there to take us where we are and bring us where we need to be. So every week, several times a week, I'll stop by the Homeless Alliance Day Transition Center. It's not called that. That's the whole name. The Homeless Alliance Day Transition Center. And I will approach people that have all of their belongings in a tent. And I will try to encourage them that God wants to exchange all of their tents for a mansion. A mansion that's already been prepared, already furnished. Streets laid with gold. Every week, I put people that, ha- that are wearing the same clothes today that they were a week ago. 
and I will encourage them and let them know that God wants to exchange their dirty, worn clothes for a brand new robe washed white in the blood of the Lamb. And I'll share with people that ask me for a hoodie, something to cover their head, that God has a crown for them that has their name on it. He wants to give them, what is it? A mansion, a robe, and a crown. What are the words of the soul? We didn't sing it earlier, but the first words of the first first words in the first verse of the song are I'm gonna trade my earthly home for a better one, bright and fair. Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. I'll join him in that land where tears nor sorrow can be found and I'll receive a mansion, robe, and a crown that never fades away. Just the right size, just the right fit. But not just those poor that God helps me to interact with and to minister to every week, each of us has what I call a circle of 10. A circle of 10 people that we are closely and intimately connected with. And for some of those individuals in your own circle of 10, some of them are also poor because they do not have access to every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in the same way that we do. So God expects us as we approach the poor just to invite them also Growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, my mom and dad, God bless both of them, they were always inviting people to the house. Mom making chicken and mashed potatoes and peas and carrots and a pound cake that I've not seen duplicated yet. (laughs) Every, Every Sunday, they were constantly inviting people to the house Mom was cooking, dad was teaching. Mom was cooking, dad was breaking the bread of life. Mom made the iced tea, water and iced tea, and my father was offering to everyone that came through anthems of living water again. Is that right, George? Anthems of living water. And my parents were not more special than any other parents, but they were mine. So I just grew up learning to invite and talk to everybody and to remind each of them that there's room for all of them. 
we all have a gap in all of our lives that only God can fill. And still there is room for one more. And then Jesus said, go and invite the crippled. Bring them in too. We've all seen people that have the signs that ask for help at the corner of the different intersections that will pass by from day to day. Anything helps, something like that. And some of them, all of them, are crippled in ways that, they, that we often can't imagine because sometimes they do need, they don't need a dime. I put that image up here because back in the day again, sorry, back in my day, you could buy what they used to call a dime bag, a dime, a, a dime bag of marijuana long before it was legal for $10, $10, except that they called it a dime bag or a nickel bag if you only had $5 with you. And each of us know people that are crippled unless they can have a certain thing to function. Not just marijuana or drugs or alcohol or anything, they're crippled, they're unable to function because they're seeking to fill a gap again that only God can fill. So as we go out, and it's always we, as you go out with me, your prayers and your concerns and your gifts, you're there with me. You're there with George. You're there with Mike, call people out by name. You're there with all of us as we go out trying to restore hope to all of them. A confident expectation that if I can trust in the Lord with faith as small as a mustard seed, God will bless me in ways that I can't possibly imagine. A year ago, not this past October, a year ago, this past October, I felt the need to go to the homegoing service of one of my godfathers in the gospel in Cleveland, Ohio. His name was Richard Barnes. But Richard had not been a Christian long before I met him. Before I met him, Richard was a gangbanger, running with all of the wrong crowds. Richard was a drug dealer selling marijuana and heroin and cocaine out of the back door of his own, of his mother's house when she was asleep. Richard was promiscuous having children by 
multiple women scattered across the city until Richard was shot in the back by a drug deal that went very bad. So Richard told me years later that as he laid there on the floor bleeding out, he told me that he prayed a simple prayer, Lord, if you spare my life, I will turn my whole life over to you. And when I met his mom, his mother, she told me that at the same time that he was praying that prayer bleeding out, she was praying the same prayer for him. Lord, if you save my son, I will give him to you all of the rest of the days of his life, but just save his life today. And God did. God sent an ambulance to him. They were able to revive him. They were able to transfuse him when he was able to leave from the hospital. The first thing he did, the first thing he told his mother he wanted to do was to go to church to be baptized, to have all of his sins forgiven. So from his wheelchair, he turned his whole life around. He was not crippled. From his wheelchair, he converted his whole family to the Lord, including all of his former girlfriends and all of their children. From his wheelchair, he ran for city council in Cleveland, and he won. And then he ended up converting two or three of his fellow council, council members to the Lord, too, and the mayor of the city. Richard was not crippled. The Lord empowered him to do far more and abundantly more than what he ever thought he could do. Richard changed the landscape of a 300-bed nursing home for Christ. Every Sunday after church, he would ride, sorry, roll up to the wheelchair, preach a five-minute sermonette to share with the people that were sitting, in, sitting there in the foyer and in the hallways and in the rooms of the nursing home, and, and in two years' time, converted half of the residents in a 300-bed nursing home for Christ. Richard was not crippled because Richard found out that he was also invited. of just five minutes in a conversation with anyone can change their whole life. The power of the gospel is still awesome. The power of the gospel is still, again, as I prayed earlier, a great treasure that God has placed inside of each of us just to share with them that there's still room for all of them, and nothing is impossible for us 
once we believe that everyone is invited. And still there is room for one more. And then Jesus said, go and invite the lame. And I prayed over that word lame for a while. And I remembered, I remembered in Ephesians 3 and verse 12, Ephesians 2, verse 12, thank you. That the Bible says, the Bible calls us to remember that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So every time that we go out, I remember. Every time that we venture to tell anyone about the Lord, we need to Remember that we used to be aliens. That we used to be in a place to where God had no place at all in our lives. That we used to be strangers. That we, that we didn't know God and God didn't know us in the same way that he knows us. Now we used to be strangers and we used to have no hope and without God in the world. But now, and we all have a but now. We can all remember when we used to be out there doing whatever you were doing, talking however you were talking, living however you were living, just laying on the side of the road without a care. But now, but now, for you, God turned that whole page over for you. All those old things have passed away. All things are just like new. You're a new creation in him now, and now should mean everything to you. When we first started out in this, this ministry effort, 
we didn't know that four years later, through our ministry efforts, that God would change the permanent addresses of more than 100 people up till now. They, all those people have a, but now I, I used to be. Shackled in bounds with chains and in chains and in prison. But God set me free. I used to be addicted to alcohol and to drugs, but now I don't want to be, I don't want anymore to be drunk with wine where in his excess. I want to be drunk in his spirit so his spirit can lead me every day to do everything that he wants me to do. And I think about what that word lame means. It's, it's the Greek word kolos. Kolos. And someone that was so affected in this way, they had no access to come into the temple, courtyard, even into the parking lot. But now, George, I'm using George on purpose, but I couldn't use anyone. George is a priest of God now. George has nothing to be ashamed of anymore. The red carpet is rolled out for George every day. One question changed George's whole life. One question just sharing with him that God was not done with him, that God still had a plan for him to give him hope and a future. One question, one question, one more question changed George's whole life to where George freely, and others also, freely shares the bread of life that he's already been given with everyone. And still, there is room. George, every day, he's already became a fountain of water that springs up into everlasting life. George is already there. George is already here. Because George heard the Lord's invitation and followed it. And one other person, she's not here, but I asked her yesterday if I could mention her this morning. I'm considering Bianca, Bianca Lovato. Two years ago, for three months in a row, she asked me every day, can I get baptized today? Every Sunday, every time I saw her, she asked me, can I get baptized today? And I always, 
exercise a measure of caution when I'm te teaching and sharing the gospel message with children. I just exercise a certain measure of caution with them because they're so young. But Bianca knew that God wanted to give her a brand new future. Bianca knew that God wanted to give her a brand new hope. Bianca knew that God wanted to give her a brand new peace to pass all of her understanding. God, Bianca knew that God wanted to give her a father that would never leave her nor forsake her. Bianca knew that God wanted to give her a mansion and a robe and a crown and joy that covers her all day long, even as she goes through storms in her own family of origin every day. But Bianca has, and we all have, a brand new family of origin. We all have been grafted into a brand new, we used to call it in and celebrate recovery, forever family to where we can walk with each other talk with each other, encourage each other, and remind those that don't have access to these blessings that there's still room for all of them. And this is especially important when we consider that out of that number I mentioned earlier, the 1,200 number, 10% of them, 10% of 1,200, 120, are children under the age of 16. Children under the, under the age of 16. So we have to make room for all of them. No one, is, no one is excluded. Everyone is invited. And then Jesus said, go and invite Most of you all know my story. And if you don't know, and you want to know, I'll tell you after we conclude here this morning. But I, I also have a story. I also have a story of how that even being brought up in the church I was not immune to the sin that could so easily beset me. And the joy of that is that we all have one. We all have a sin that can so easily beset us, can easily carry us off the path to do things that we never thought that we would do, to say things that we never thought that we would say, to present ourselves in places where we never thought we would go. 
But even in the midst of that, I knew, I knew that if God can, could deliver me from that, and he did, he delivered me from all of the all of the addictions and the abortions and the bad choices that I never knew that I had until a kind brother shared all of that with me. So then when God gave me the vision to go back, to, to, to go back and to minister to people that were just like you, and remind all of them that there's room in my kingdom for all of them, and it doesn't matter what they've done, or how long they've done it, or, or what their mental aspect was when they were doing it. God wants to give all of these people a brand new foundation, a brand new family of origin, a brand new measure of hope that they cannot find over here off of 3rd and Virginia. They cannot find it over here off 3rd and 9th and, I'm sorry, I-44 and Pennsylvania Avenue. They cannot find it outside of the courthouse. They cannot find it out here by the Walmart over here off I-40 and MacArthur can only be found in him. It can only be found in him. So as we go out and as you go out, always follow the voice. I can't share this enough. Always follow the voice. Lord, you, Lord, you, Lord, you want me to talk to him? Yes, I want you to talk to him and to tell him that he's still invited. But Lord, she's... So, so you want me to stop my car and to talk to the, the, the lady that had all of her belongings in a Walmart card? Yes, go and talk to her. Talk to the ones that are just sitting there at the bus stop waiting for the bus to come except that they're not waiting for the bus to come. I'm sorry. Yes, they are. They're waiting for the gospel bus to come. They're waiting for the gospel train to come along and you are the vehicle to remind them that we are willing to stop and pick them up and bring them along their still room. What is the song? Why do we sing this song? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found, was blind, but now I can see.
each of us, I remind you that each of us has, we should be able to reflect upon God's grace upon us and to use that same tool to extend grace on someone else. And what does the Bible say is the real reason that my house may be filled, that God's house might be full, that we might, that we might not ever get content, even in a pandemic, with just inviting a few to the house. The Bible says that God told the servant to invite them all so that my house may be full. And Jesus said, I'm not willing that any should perish. I want all of them, some of them, all of them, the ones that have a house and a job, all of them. The ones that, the one that had a bath last night, no, all of them. The ones that have a bank account and, and have some resources to give back, no, all of them. I want all of them to come to repentance. Making John 3.16 personal. For God so loved, sorry, me, that he gave his one and only son just for me, that if I believe, if I can exercise just a mustard seed of faith and believe that I will not perish, I will have everlasting life. Amen. There's always room for one more. So if you're here this morning and you stand in need of some personal prayer intervention, we're here for you. We're right here with you right here for you. If you're listening or when you hear it, you, you just didn't know that God would take you in just the way that you were. You thought that you were too far gone, that your sins were too big, that your mistakes were too many. It's not true. It's not true. The blood of Jesus is more than able to cover whatever you've done, and it doesn't matter what you've done. God is able. If you're here today and you want us to pray for someone else that you want to reach out to to share the same gospel message with, let us know their name. We'll pray with you and for you towards them. And if you may be here, and you're ready just to accept Jesus at, Jesus at his word. You 
you know that God loves you, but you just haven't turned your life over to him yet. Today is the perfect day to do that. You come by faith believing that Jesus died on the cross just for me, that I might have life and have it more abundantly. If any of these agendas is your need, just let us know now as we stand and sing this song of encouragement. Amazing grace.